Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I pleaded with the heavens for him to survive. Nature's deadliest organisms. One bite can be deadly. They hijack our bodies. How could this be happening? Disable our immune systems. He was dying, and he knew it. And eat us from within. I would not wish this on anybody. For those infected, they are the monsters inside me. Catherine Allen is a divorcee who lives in the remote community of Bishop, California, in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains. People come here because it's a really beautiful place to live. It's a beautiful community. She has two teenage children, Anna and Jordan. One thing I love about both my kids is that they're kind people. Anna is 19, and she's just a very kind, good person. Jordan is 15, and he's creative and athletic. He's just your classic teenager. Catherine shares custody of the two kids with her ex-husband, David Herbst. Both are trying to help the kids adjust. Catherine and I have managed to arrange our lives in such a way that both Anna and Jordan do spend time with both Catherine and myself. It's the end of the summer. The kids are with Catherine for the weekend. Jordan sat himself down at the kitchen table and he had a skateboard repair project. I think he was switching out his wheels from one skateboard to another. He was like, Mom, I'm not feeling very well. He complained of feeling achy, like he was getting a cold. He just kind of said, Mom, no, I'm done. I'm going to go downstairs and go to my room and go to bed. But his evening is anything but restful. That night, he did get progressively worse. He was breathing really shallowly. He was sort of, he just, he wasn't taking a deep breath. That's what started to get me a little concerned. I was like trying to nudge him awake and I was gonna say, Jordan, you know, breathe, you need to breathe. 
I could feel how fast his heart was beating. That was when I was feeling like, okay, I'm taking him in in the morning. The next morning, Catherine is getting Jordan ready to go to a local healthcare clinic. I wanted them to check this out. I want to make sure, you know, he's okay. So when it came time to actually leave to get to the appointment, he told me, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to walk to the car, Mom. That was actually when I realized how weak he was. And so all the alarm bells started going off then. Catherine helps Jordan to the car and drives him to the doctor's office. When we got to the clinic, they put the little monitor on to measure the oxygen in his blood. Normal blood oxygen levels are between 95 to 100%. And that was when things got really serious really fast because it was at 86%, which is very low. It was very clear to me that Jordan had scared them. By then, they were already calling the ER to send him over because they wanted him to have a chest X-ray. Catherine alerts her ex-husband, David, and he rushes to the ER to join them. Even though there were differences between us in the past, at this point in time, I think we knew we just all needed to pull together. Doctors X-ray Jordan's chest, and a few minutes later, the results come in. Jordan's entire lungs were fluffy. The whole x-ray was showing is white. The doctor said, we think this could be a kind of pneumonia. Pneumonia is a severe infection of the air sacs in the lungs. These sacs fill with fluid, causing fever and difficulty breathing. It was pretty severe, and there was really something to be very concerned about. Doctors place Jordan on oxygen and run a battery of tests to find out what's causing his mysterious lung problems. He was trying to breathe, trying to breathe, and it just was getting harder and harder for him. The hardest part of that was seeing him struggling so much and seeing him starting to recognize that he's wearing out physically. He turned to me and said, Mom, I'm dying. With Jordan fading fast, doctors resort to drastic measures. They told me they were going to put him in an induced coma and intubate him. Intubation is an emergency procedure where doctors insert a plastic tube into the airway to bring oxygen directly to the lungs. He was scared. That is the hardest part for me as a mom, is that he was, he was dying, and he knew it. Doctors induced Jordan into the coma, and the next morning, they medevac him to a specialist hospital 200 miles away. There, infectious disease specialist Dr. Dean Blumberg takes on the case. He was already on a respirator. He was already getting supplemental oxygen, and yet all that wasn't enough. With still no indication as to the cause of Jordan's life-threatening pneumonia, doctors run a specialized blood test. We got this blood test back and we had the diagnosis. And I told Jordan's parents it was hantavirus pulmonary syndrome. It's seared in my memory. 
It's like your emotions can't catch up with it. Hantavirus pulmonary syndrome is caused by the sin nombre hantavirus. Inside Jordan's body, the hantavirus is attacking the air sacs across his lungs and causing the surrounding blood vessels to burst. As fluids from the blood fill his lungs, the air sacs can't get oxygen into his bloodstream, leading to his difficulty breathing, pneumonia, and critically low oxygen levels. Knowing the diagnosis didn't make Jordan's prognosis any better because hantavirus is a real killer. I know mothers lose their sons and and they make it through and they and they keep going. But I can't imagine it. I just can't imagine it. What makes hantavirus so deadly is the sheer speed at which it multiplies. Infections can lead to respiratory failure in as little as 24 hours. In 50% of cases, hantavirus pulmonary syndrome is fatal. It was horrific because it's such a fatal disease. That was awful. I pleaded with the heavens for him to survive. But Dr. Blumberg has yet another piece of bad news. There is no specific treatment for it. We don't have a drug that kills the virus. We needed to make sure that we supported all of his body functions until his own body would be able to heal itself. To give his immune system time to adapt to the viral infection, doctors must take a drastic step. If he wasn't able to get enough oxygen in his blood, we'd have to do it for him. So at that time, the decision was made to take the blood out of the body, insert oxygen into the blood outside of the lungs, and then reinsert that oxygenated blood into the body. With Jordan attached to a lung bypass machine, his parents wait by their son's side. The vigil began to be by him and with him, touch him and hold him and speak to him. He just felt like his soul was very far away. But despite their best efforts, Jordan's condition continues to get worse. He wasn't getting enough oxygen. His heart was beating wildly and ineffectively, and then eventually stopped beating. In the ICU, teenager Jordan Herbst is barely clinging to life. There must have been 30 or 40 people in that room. It was just a crowd. And then the doctor came out. I, I didn't know what I would hear. I didn't know what he was about to say. I didn't know if he was going to say that Jordan was alive or not. Jordan's heart had stopped for six minutes. And we had to do CPR. And we had to shock the heart twice to get it going again. I do remember really clearly, you know, David just saying, he said, they're not going to let him die. And in that sense, I think it brought us all together. For three days, Jordan remains on life support. Then... Dr. Blumberg sees a breakthrough. 
On the fourth day, we saw signs of recovery. So they take him off the ventilator to see if he can breathe on his own. They let us all gather around. They bring him up out of the narcotics dose. And as he's waking up, they just rip the tube out. And he did wake up. I felt really pretty confused at first. But it was nice to see that everybody was here. His first question was, will I be able to snowboard again? <laughs> Seeing him die and come back to life was miraculous. And it was, it was a pretty amazing moment. Hantavirus can be found in rodents, particularly deer mice, cotton rats, and white-footed mice. Humans can become infected when they come into contact with the feces, urine, or bodily fluids of an infected rodent. The family believes Jordan contracted hantavirus in their own backyard. There's this old mining equipment back behind the house we used to live in. I looked down and I remembered seeing some mouse droppings. I'm sure those were there. That's, I think, our best guess as to where I got hantavirus. Ten days after Jordan emerges from the coma, doctors discharge him from the hospital. It wasn't really that bad for me after I woke up. I got to sleep through all the traumatic parts. Today, Jordan's life is back to normal. It's really amazing seeing Jordan return to full health. He's strong and healthy and happy and really well-adjusted. I think for Catherine and I, having survived the experience together with Jordan makes us realize how important he is to us. When your child is on death's door, like, doesn't matter that you got divorced or you haven't dealt with this yet or whatever it is, it just became non-issues. We've been able to move forward with our lives and Jordan gets to spend time with all of his families now. <laughs> Hantavirus is rare. Since its discovery in 1993, fewer than 700 human infections have been reported in the United States. The vast majority of those cases occurred west of the Mississippi River, predominantly in rural areas. To prevent infection with hantavirus, the National Institute of Health recommends avoiding close contact with rodents and rodent droppings. It was freaky looking. Something is controlling me. Susie Cooney and her partner Tommy Cowan live on the Hawaiian island of Maui. I really love the sunshine. Get the nice dose of vitamin D that makes you feel good inside. It's just a lot of fun. It's great weather every day, like endless summer. Tommy works in organic farming and Susie is a personal trainer. And when she's not working, Susie also loves spending time in the water. I love surfing, kiting, and stand-up paddleboarding. To be able to go surfing with your girlfriend, I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Though they share their hobbies, their personalities couldn't be more different. Tommy is more going with the flow. I like to know what's happening. Susie knows what she wants to do, and she makes a plan.
plan to get there step by step by step. We are night and day. I think that's kind of the yin and yang that keeps us flowing. It's a summer afternoon. Susie has just finished paddleboarding with her friends. It's a beautiful day. It's a great day with my friends and so thankful to be on Maui. We get in the parking lot and I put my board down and get in my truck. I take a swig of water and I look in the mirror. I thought, wow, my lips were so swollen. I didn't really feel anything weird. It was just the visual thing of my lips being large. I thought, did you use a new sunscreen or did you have a new lip balm reaction or something? Susie's friends also noticed the unusual swelling. We were all standing around. They were kind of making fun of my lips and I was kind of having fun with them back and like, whatever. And then I noticed like, wow, my arm is on fire. I actually lifted up my rash guard and I said, look, you guys, do you notice anything? It hurts. They go, no, but it looks kind of red. And they said, did you get stung by a bee? And I thought, no. Did you fall off your board? Did a jellyfish sting you? And I said, no, I didn't even fall once. I've never had this experience in my life. It really freaked me out. And so we all concurred that I should go get checked out. So Susie stops by her doctor's office on the way home. I was able to see the internist on call. She looked at my arm, looked at my lips. She went through the normal questions and protocol. What did you eat? Do you remember drinking anything or getting stung by an insect? I said, no. The doctor felt the arm was an insect bite or something brushed on me in the water. And the doctor's treatment was an antihistamine. I was hoping that would do the trick. I wanted to move on and get on with my life. Susie returns home and begins taking the medication. I share with Tommy what had happened to me. I said, look at my arm, it's all red and it, it hurts. There was a slight discoloration, but nothing huge. I did not have a, a lot of concern. I thought, okay, it's kind of a weird thing, it'll go away. We just both kind of brushed it off. We really didn't think about it too much. But the antihistamine does not relieve Susie's symptoms. A few days later, Susie and Tommy are out with friends when things come to a head. I was sitting at the table with my friends having a great night. I noticed that my legs were starting to feel very irritated and very hot. And it hurt to have pants on. It felt like the fabric was actually causing the burn. I wasn't sure what was happening to me. I thought, I am really upset. I feel I'm getting worse. She was complaining about this burning sensation going on. It got to the point where she wanted to leave. It was a pretty tough night for Susie. Probably would have stayed later, but it's time to go. Tommy and Susie cut the evening short and return home. There, Susie takes a cold shower. At first, it felt like, oh, this might help. But then it felt like this kind of an unusual sensation. I felt kind of hot and kind of cold at the same time. And I was changing the temperature to try to regulate to my body. And I couldn't tell what is hot and what is cold. I thought, how strange is that? 
In Hawaii, Susie Cooney is suffering from a bizarre rash and strange sensations of hot and cold on her skin. Unsure of what to make of her symptoms, she turns to her partner, Tommy. She asked me to feel her skin, and it felt normal. Susie's body wasn't radiating any heat. Her asking me this stuff, it was always puzzling. It's like, honey, no, you look, you, it looks fine. It doesn't feel hot, but it was confusing. Neither one of us knew what it was. So to soothe the sensations, they put aloe on her legs and arms and go to bed. The next morning, Susie and Tommy are in their home gym. I did a little spin bike, and all of a sudden I felt very strange. I was feeling this intensified pain on my left arm. And now my right leg appeared to be swollen. And I thought, this is crazy. I don't know what to do. It was swollen, noticeably, the, like the whole leg. It was freaky looking. Seeing a physical symptom like this, I started thinking about it more seriously. That night, Susie is trying to relax in the living room. It had been a really tough night. I had to cancel a week's worth of clients, and I've never done that, even for a cold. The burn had moved from my arms to my legs, to my chest, and to my back. The pain, I couldn't describe it. I couldn't escape it. I didn't know what to do. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I just spent time sitting in the living room just trying to be calm. I remember coming home and finding Susie just sitting in a chair in the living room and just crying. Here's this person in this much pain and you can't do anything for him other than just being there and holding her. He would sit with me and he would hold my hand. It would really help in those times. And at that point, I said, okay, let's, let's go get this checked out. It was time to, to take a look. The next day, Tommy takes Susie to meet Dr. Frederick Sands. When she came in, she was having this intense burning sensation. There was some redness to her skin. I wanted to get in there and get to the bottom of it as fast as I could. Dr. Sands probed Susie on her unusual symptoms. I explained to him about my lips swelling up. And I said, my arm is constantly red. And it's not getting any better. But for Dr. Sands, one symptom in particular stands out. She had a temperature reversal sensation where cold may feel hot in particular. For Dr. Sands, this is a telltale sign. Her symptoms are consistent with ciguatera poisoning. Who heard of ciguatera? I mean, I didn't even know how to say it. Ciguatera poisoning is caused by the toxin Gambier discus toxicus. Inside Susie's body, the toxins connect to the cells of her nerves and muscles and tear them apart. This leads to Susie's bizarre swelling, burning, and unbearable skin pain. Having something inside me, it's a weird thought to have something that I can't control that is controlling me. What do I do to get rid of it? Because I cannot live like this. Gambier discus toxicus produces one of the most powerful toxins in nature. What makes the toxin so deadly is its ability to disrupt communication between nerve cells and muscle tissues. In extreme cases, Gambier discus toxins can lead to respiratory failure, heart attacks, and even death. Toxic powers, debilitating neurological symptoms, I didn't know what to think. I was kind of an emotional wreck. I would not wish this on anybody. Maui local Susie Cooney has just been diagnosed with ciguatera poisoning. But there's even worse news. There is no cure for ciguatera poisoning. Most people who have ciguatera poisoning, they get sick, they recover from it. But Susie's condition is significantly more severe. He said there's no way to treat it. Some people have it for years and years. That's just unfathomable, like you're kidding me. Knowing that I can't control this thing inside me, I didn't know how to deal with that. Your life does flash before your eyes. The microorganism Gambier discus toxicus lives on marine algae. 
the Gambier discus toxins enter the food chain when the contaminated algae are eaten by fish. When humans eat contaminated fish, the toxins can cause Ciguatera poisoning. The fish species most commonly associated with the condition are barracuda, sea bass, snapper, and mullet. Susie believes she became poisoned a few days before her symptoms began while eating at a seafood restaurant. Living in the islands, we eat a lot of fish, I guess. You don't think of it when you walk into a restaurant and order something that's very commonly on the menu and enjoyed to then go home and have years of suffering. Dr. Sands can only give Susie painkillers and hope that her symptoms clear up over time. But the painkillers have limited effect. Today, four years later, Susie has learned how to cope with the pain. I've had to make some adjustments in my life. It's very rare that I have a totally non-symptom day. It's affected me and my life from physical to emotional to intimate. When your boyfriend can't hug you because it hurts, that's hard. But she is driven and she's not going to let this thing keep her from doing something if she really wants to do it. And her relationship with Tommy is stronger than ever before. Tommy has been an amazing boyfriend. It has brought us closer. And he can look in my eyes and he can tell when I'm having a bad day. I'm very grateful and I love him for that. Gambier discus toxins are the most commonly reported marine toxins in the world, affecting more than 50,000 people worldwide every year, mostly in the tropics. The toxin cannot be detected by smell or taste and is not eliminated by cooking. According to the CDC, travelers to tropical and subtropical regions should avoid eating fish heads, fish liver, and roe, as these are the parts of the fish where the Gambier discus toxin tends to be the most concentrated. She could be in immediate risk of death. Oh my God, she could be already dead. Dan Chiklis lives in Ferndale, Michigan with his partner, Melissa Duffy. Melissa is a very loving person. She likes to see everybody happy and doing well. I think Melissa puts others' interests before her own. Melissa works at a health retreat, and Dan works on a cargo ship. I'm a helmsman, so I steer the boat. It's a great job, and I enjoy making my money and chunks of time and then being able to take extended periods of time off. I do miss Melissa when I'm away, but it makes the heart grow fonder. Melissa is a cancer survivor. Uh, it hit me pretty hard. Since Melissa went through cancer, you know, I find that I've become kind of a guardian angel with her health. It's August. Dan is returning from a tour at sea and is on his way to meet up with Melissa at her health retreat. I caught a train and took it to upstate New York. When I got off the train, there she was, and we hugged, and we were very excited. But when I saw her, she just seemed very exhausted. I thought she would, you know, have full of energy and want to do things. 
I maybe sensed a little bit of the tiredness, but I wasn't alarmed. I think, let's go get some beer and some pizza. They enjoy their night out. But the next day at the campsite, Dan notices something odd. In the morning, she had the kind of soaked sheets a little bit by sweating. I thought some people sweat a little bit more than other people. Maybe she had too many blankets on her. So I didn't really think it was a, that big of a deal, but I, I did notice it. The couple stays two more days until the end of Melissa's tenure at the retreat, and they travel back home to Michigan. But the first morning home, Dan notices that Melissa is not feeling well. Melissa can tolerate a lot of pain, and I think she covered her illness pretty good with me until she couldn't anymore. Now I take her temperature, and it peaked at 103. And that's a fever. With Melissa in remission only four years, there's another fear. You know, it did cross my mind a little bit that maybe cancer had come back. Dan gives Melissa acetaminophen for the fever and makes a suggestion. I was concerned, and I said, well, we should go to the clinic. And she didn't want to go. No reason, just, no, I don't feel like going. I was actually getting a little angry with her. The next morning, Dan checks her temperature again. Her temperature had now dropped below body temperature, down to 94. And I knew that wasn't good either. She got her temperature going the wrong way. We can't deny this now. And it's like, yes, we're definitely going to the doctors. Let's go. Melissa Duffy is suffering from a mysterious ailment that is causing her body temperature to fluctuate wildly. Concerned for her well-being, Melissa's partner, Dan, rushes her to the hospital. There, infectious disease specialist, Dr. Matthew Sims, takes on her case. Melissa, she was pretty sick when they called me. Just looking at her, the first thing you could notice is that her skin and her eyes were yellow. Also known as jaundice, the yellowing of the skin and eyes occurs when the body fails to process broken down red blood cells. It can be caused by a variety of serious illnesses. It's a pretty significant finding, especially in a relatively young woman. Through my limited knowledge of jaundice, I'm thinking, okay, well, I mean, this was just the first stages of her liver and kidneys shutting down. I guess I was a little bit more worried. Dr. Sims continues to examine Melissa. When I got to the abdominal exam, I noticed a scar on her left side. When the doctor mentioned that, you know, it was the first thing that came out of my mouth, like, hey, she don't have a spleen. Though it's not a vital organ, the spleen removes damaged blood cells and foreign organisms. He mentioned that that was from the cancer and that she had her spleen removed several years ago. And that raised alarm bells in my head. Without the spleen, we were very worried that she had an infection in her blood. Dr. Sims runs a battery of blood tests. And while he waits for the results, he puts Melissa on broad-spectrum antibiotics. After a few hours, Melissa's condition appears to stabilize. Nevertheless, doctors keep her overnight for observation. 
I was pretty relieved after the emergency room experience, and I felt she was in good hands. I went home that night feeling pretty good. But the next morning, Dan wakes up to something startling. I woke up at 7, and I just checked my phone. I saw that I had missed a phone call from the hospital at like 4.45. I was like, wow, how did I miss a call? I checked the message. It was a call saying, you should come to the hospital. It's an emergency. And that was it. It was a short message. Like, oh, my God, you know, because I didn't know she could be dying in the hospital. She could be already dead. And I got scared. Dan rushes to Melissa's side. She was hooked up to life support. I said, wow, I didn't realize she was this sick. When the blood test came back, it indicated her blood cells were breaking down. And when the blood cells break down, you lose your ability to carry oxygen to your organs. And that, of course, is very bad. At this point, she was in multi-organ failure. And we were very concerned that she could be in immediate risk of death. He said, okay, 90% of her kidneys is shut down, her liver's shut down. I was like, geez, how could this be happening? Later that afternoon, blood cultures reveal the culprit. As soon as I saw these results, I realized that Melissa was in real trouble. Melissa had babesiosis. Babesiosis meant nothing to me. It's just like, wow, this ain't good. Wow. Babesiosis is a disease caused by the parasite Babesia microti. Inside Melissa's body, the Babesia parasites travel through her bloodstream and invade her red blood cells. There, they multiply and cause the cells to burst. As the parasites continue to flood her bloodstream, they deprive her body of oxygen, leading to her fluctuating body temperature, jaundice, and multi-organ failure. I was truly devastated. What makes the Babesia parasite so effective is their ability to avoid the body's defenses by multiplying inside the red blood cells. It's only when the red blood cells rupture and the parasites are released into the bloodstream that the immune system can detect them. Over time, infection with Babesia parasites can lead to severe anemia, organ failure, and death. To save Melissa's life, Dr. Sims must take extreme measures. Treatment for this infection is two antibiotics together, clindamycin and quinine. But severe cases such as this, when this much of the blood is infected, we take out the infected blood and replace it with donated blood. For three days, doctors replace two-thirds of Melissa's blood. I was a, quite a mess inside over it. Melissa was out of my hands at that point. You know, it was, uh, I don't know, man. Okay. I don't okay. know. Oh, man. Okay. In the ICU, Melissa Duffy is battling the deadly Babesia parasites. To save her life, doctors have taken the radical step of replacing two-thirds of her blood. Then, one morning, Dan witnesses something encouraging. 
The nurse kind of rigidly shook Melissa just to get her attention and said, Melissa, if you can hear me, if you understand, wiggle your toe. And Melissa wiggled her toe. And that was, that was a moment of joy. When I opened my eyes, Dan was sitting at the end of my bed and all I could say was, what? What? <laughs> but I had a tube down my throat so I couldn't really speak. I think we even clapped our hands and hugged and we were gonna make it through. Life was good, we're on the mend. A week and a half later, Melissa is allowed to go home. Babesia microti parasites are typically carried by deer ticks. Humans become hosts for the parasites when bitten by an infected tick. Babesia parasites are most common in the northeast of the United States. Melissa believes she contracted the infection a month earlier while she was working at the Holistic Retreat in upstate New York. I was checking people into the workshop spaces and this tick landed on the clipboard and I made a deal with the tick. I said, listen, buddy, I won't kill you. Just tell your friends to stay away from me. I don't want Lyme disease. But I wasn't specific enough. I didn't realize that ticks carried other diseases that I could possibly get. I was in nature all of the time. It could happen anywhere. Today, a year later, Melissa has completely recovered from her bout with babesiosis. I definitely appreciate life more. I feel really lucky that I've faced death, and I'm still here. Every year in the United States, there are around 1,700 reported cases of babesiosis. The CDC recommends that those living in or traveling to endemic regions take steps to avoid being bitten by ticks. When walking in woody, brushy, or grassy areas where ticks might dwell, use DEET-based repellent and always check for ticks. If bitten, the CDC recommends removing and keeping the specimen in order to help with diagnosis. For more blood-curdling monsters and their hideous habits, visit our website, animalplanet.com slash monstersinsideme. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.